response, who covered the premier residential clients in the foothills west of town. Characteristically, he was out of position in a quiet subdivision in the north part of town. Edward almost got on the horn and asked him what the hell he was doing, but one personnel crisis was sufficient for a chilly November night. Instead, he headed for the door, and Janine reached for her camels. That was when they'd heard the alarm. He read the screen as he neared the console. The alert was at Doyle Cutler's place, as premier as an account could get. Cutler lived at the very edge of the town, his five-acre mountain estate backed onto wilderness. If there was a major burglary in Stoneley in the dead of a Sunday night, this was as likely a spot as any. As Janine speed-dialed the home phone, Edward read the screen more closely. The house's front door and its gate had both been opened. No abort code entered. Voicemail, Janine said. Edward listened to the police scanner mounted above the desk, but there was only static. The next step should be dispatching Tolland, though that would mean stirring him from his pint of wild turkey and this month's soldier of fortune. It would be quicker just to send the police. Edward was about to call 911 when Janine held up a finger. Someone had picked up. Yes, this is Stoneley Sentinel, she said. We have two alarms sounding at your house. We need you to provide your abort code. She listened with a scowl. I understand, sir, but you need to do that in thirty seconds or we must respond. Edward looked at the screen. Galt. Could you repeat that? Janine's eyes were locked on the screen as well. She nodded. Thank you. And with whom am I speaking? She nodded. Will you be in need of further assistance from us, Mr. Cutler? Then have a good night. She looked at Edward after she broke the connection. Her expression was uneasy. What did he say? he asked. A house guest just left and they forgot about the alarm. Her voice dropped into a conspiratorial register. He sounded funny. Funny as in... You know, not right. Drunk? Panicky? Jacklit. Edward looked back at the screen. Technically, contractually, the event had just ended. Inner door, outer gate, abort code. Why a guest would be leaving unexpectedly at 3 a.m. fell into the vast category of things that were none of Edward's business. But he didn't like the sound of a stressed client. Not at three in the morning on the edge of the wilderness. Especially not Doyle Cutler. Images of some sort of home invasion, unprecedented in the town's history, though certainly not in the nation's, shifted through his mind. You want me to send Tolland? Janine asked dubiously. He could call Cutler back himself, but what would he say? My dispatcher said you sounded funny. What was really required was for a seasoned pro to have a quiet look around. Not Tolland, who had just last spring tried to taser a Mount Stonely student for getting lippy. He would demand entry. He'd want to rattle doors and ask all the wrong questions. If he was denied access, he would almost certainly call in the town police. I think I'll take a ride over there myself. 
kind of out of your way, isn't it? Edward didn't tell her that he was in fact headed in that general direction when he left, even though Cutler lived on the opposite side of town from his house. No one was supposed to know that it had been almost a month since he'd slept in his own bed. You want Tallinn to meet you there? She asked when it became clear he wasn't going to explain himself. I'll let you know. It was three miles across town to the Cutler house. He drove fast. He turned on his scanner, but there was still nothing but static. The roads were late night empty. The traffic lights had all been switched to flashing yellow. He first passed through Cheapside, the working class neighborhood in the eastern part of town. Sentinel didn't have many residential clients among its boxy little houses and eight-unit apartment buildings. Business here was limited to a few Cumberland farm stores and the liquid assets.